listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. Every Monday through Friday from 8 AM to 9 AM, the Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Welcome to the Voice of Charity. This is Marie Jokum and Bridget Murphy filling in for Michael Bear. We miss you, Michael, but Bridget, we're so happy to have you here. Thank we, you. This it's will a, be a three host. What's a co-host? Over, it's three more host? than three. <laughs> I know. In recent weeks, um, you know, we've we've really talked a lot about the different ways that Catholic Charities is responding to the growing number of people in need whose lives are are profoundly impacted. I think that's true of all of us, and, and it's definitely true of the folks that we serve. So Catholic Charities um, is responding with to people in urgent need of food, clothing, housing, and financial assistance. Um, and today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some other ways that we're responding. That's right. Our counseling services have increased as well. And mental health is so very critical at this juncture. And for some people, the pandemic may be causing new issues or amplifying old issues. And today we are delighted to have with us two Catholic Charities leaders who are assisting individuals and families as they psychologically cope with COVID-19. I say this every time, but these two people that we're going to introduce you to today are just fabulous heroes of Catholic Charities. First, we have Hector Rivera. He's the Department Director of Catholic Charities Youth Counseling Programs. This June, Hector will celebrate 32 years with Catholic Charities, almost my whole life, but he started people, (laughs) he started working at Catholic Charities when he was two. Jessica Mead is a clinical manager in the youth counseling department, and she's been with Catholic Charities for over 10 years, and we're blessed to have this chance to visit with these longtime colleagues and mental health specialists. Welcome, Hector and Jessica. Good morning. Thank you. So, Hector, in recent weeks, our call center has been receiving as many as 250 calls per day. Of those calls coming in that are directed to your department, what are the mental health concerns being expressed? What are you all seeing? So our eight youth counseling programs are currently providing telehealth services to clients. Uh, We are receiving uh, requests for services and addressing and regulating thoughts and feelings about how the pandemic is impacting their mental health. Uh, COVID-19 is adding another layer of stress and complexity to many people's lives. With some clients, the goal has been to maintain appropriate functioning or to prevent making poor choices. With many families, staff are working with parents to support them as they try to establish new routines, manage behaviors, and even work on their own thoughts and feelings. 
Yeah, that is so interesting to me. I think we're all kind of in that same space, right? We're all kind of trying to understand what our new routines are to figure out our own behaviors, to do some self-regulation on our thoughts and feelings. And I would imagine even more so uh, with the folks that you are working with. That's that's incredible. What um, I've already thrown out one of the questions because <laughs> I have to follow up with this. What... Um, I mean, how do we regulate thoughts and feelings? I mean, wh- how, what do you tell people about how to th- manage all this? So two things. One, that we try to tap into our resources, as limited as they are right now, there are things that we can do. So we work individually with each child and family to identify what are the things that they can tap into that will help them feel better and less anxious and fearful. Another thing, you know, as humans, sometimes we get into these thinking, these cognitive distortions and of like, you know, for example, everything's black and white. There's no in between. Um, like everything's really, really terrible or everything's really great. So we work with children and families to find that middle in between those, the, the negative thinking. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, right, the sun's out, um, this won't last forever, sort of all the things we try to tell ourselves um, every day about this is just a moment in time. Um, I mean, that's sort of the most basic things that some of us do, and you're doing at a much more clinical level. Um, But that's helpful. Thanks. Sure. So what are children and young adults feeling and and how how do you reassure them so you know you mentioned sort of that black and white thinking but what else are they feeling what are you experiencing what are you all hearing uh, we feel that many children and young adults are really feeling scared and anxious mm-hmm. about in time they're really sad that this has disrupted their lives so we're working with uh children and young adults and their families um, to assist them with the stress, asking them what they know about COVID, because maybe they have information that really isn't accurate. So we work with them in a developmentally appropriate way to provide them more accurate information. And then it's followed up by giving them positive coping skills. to, depending on de- like developmentally appropriate coping skills, and we should remind um, our listeners. Obviously, you're you're doing this over the phone or over video calls. Obviously, none of this is in person due to the stay-at-home order and health precautions. What's that dynamic like? So it definitely is a new skill set for our staff, and also it's a new way for our clients to think about uh, therapy or counseling. Um, So when the stay-at-home orders were put into place, our staff quickly moved into utilizing the different online and form, um, online and phone platforms, uh, you know, websites, different apps on your phone, so that we could meet the needs of clients. So telehealth actually has had a really positive impact because then we're still able to reach to our existing clients, but we're now able to reach even more clients than we did before. That is, that's incredible. So are, are counselors working all times of day and night? How, how does that look? So um, our counselors, you know, due to the circumstances, therapists are able to be more flexible with scheduling, to be to best meet 
clients' needs. However, because our therapists are also managing during this pandemic um, themselves, we encourage them to practice healthy self-care and not be available all times of the day and night. That is so, so, so important because as... I'm about to preach to the choir, but Bridget and I were even just talking about this. Like, if we're not able to take care of ourselves, we're certainly not going to be able to take care of the folks around us. So I love that that is that is a priority for you and your team. You know, uh, when we come back for we're going to take a quick break in a little bit. And when we come back, we want to talk a little bit more with you, Hector, just sort of about um, COVID-19. And did that create the mental health issues or um, or is this are these things we were seeing before? So we look forward to talking with you a little more back from the break. Throughout this pandemic, Catholic Charities continues to develop the most effective ways possible to respond to the needs of our clients and communities. In the past month, our call center has received 250 calls a day for emergency services. More than 450 seniors are being visited by home care aides who help them with housekeeping, groceries, and personal care. Mental health services are being provided to more than 600 people via phone and video. Our friendly, knowledgeable staff is working nonstop, so we are always ready for whoever might reach out to us next. If we can be of assistance to you, email us at gethelp at catholiccharities.net or call 312-655-7700. That's gethelp at catholiccharities.net. Before, during, and after COVID-19, Catholic Charities is here for you. A census is about to take place in the United States. It only occurs every 10 years, and it's extremely important that we all participate. Hello, I am Cardinal Blaise Supich, here to tell you that I recently signed a proclamation of support for this nationwide initiative. I signed the proclamation because I know how critical the census is to our future. The census numbers determine political representation and the allocation of billions of dollars of federal, state, and local funds. Underserved neighborhoods especially need accurate counts so they can receive their fair share of improvements in infrastructure and services. Please respond to the 2020 Census questionnaires. This is for citizens and non-citizens alike. All information is totally confidential and will not be shared with other government agencies. We all benefit from an accurate census count. Thank you for participating, and may God bless you and your families. Welcome back to The Voice of Charity. This is Marie Joka and Bridget Murphy. And we are here today talking with Hector Rivera and Jessica Mead um, on mental health coping strategies and, and what this pandemic has brought to our, the lives of our therapists at Catholic Charities. So Hector, um, talk to us a little bit about some of the mental health issues you were dealing with before the pandemic, right? Because um, some of your clients are new, but some of them were dealing with things before this started. So can you talk to us a little bit about what some of those situations have been and then maybe how um, COVID and the stay-at-home order have kind of layered on extra stress there? 
Sure. So life didn't stop for our clients when the pandemic started. Um, we were already working with many clients who are dealing with depression, their own trauma experiences. So many of our children that we see are have uh, experienced traumas through neglect or physical and sexual abuse. Um, so me- other existing mental health issues such as anxiety as well. So COVID just complicated that. The mental health issues didn't go away. Uh, they added an extra layer of complexity to the lives of um, the children and the families that we work with. So our staff have been working with helping them not only meet their treatment goals to their pre-existing mental health issues, but now helping them manage their the stress of fear and anxiety that's related to COVID. Um, and, and hopefully working towards, again, um, on on their treatment goals for their pre-existing mental health issues. I can imagine, I mean, even as adults, we feel this as a a youth or adolescent, like what is the point of doing all this work on myself and on on processing everything that's happened to me if life is going to keep throwing this stuff at me? Jessica, as the clinical manager in the youth counseling department, we'd love to sort of turn to you for a little bit and just see what some of your experiences have been and what are some family concerns that you've been hearing from clients recently, right? So it's not just the client. Obviously, our clients exist in family units um, and in various situations. So what have you been hearing? Sure. So um, right now, we actually have a number of clients and families who are actually experiencing COVID themselves. Um, some people actually have it, some of our children and their parents. Um, so families are just worried about the virus itself. Um, we've had some therapists who've really had to focus on grief counseling with our families, mm-hmm. um, who we've had a few families who died due to COVID and um, a couple of family members dying from other um, natural causes. And so grief has been sort of a predominant issue we've been working with families on. Um, and as Hector's mentioned before, too, a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that families are now forced to sort of re-figure out how to manage family life and family dynamics. Um, trying to make sure that multiple children with maybe one iPad are working on schoolwork and um, are getting enough of the sort of academic and other stimulations that they need. So just really working with um, families not only with issues directly related to the virus, but also sort of the the secondary issues as well. You know, I was thinking this morning, I I heard someone talk about how a high school is moving graduation to much later in the summer, and it's a a modified graduation. But but even around, you know, for young people around different things that they were going to be able to do, the grief around the loss of that, right? So obviously grief isn't isn't just when when someone dies. There's other parts of that, too. So I would imagine there's a lot swirling around for families that you're that you're serving definitely yeah and what do I mean and obviously grief is more complicated we can't gather to say goodbye to people in the same way Um, can you talk a little bit more about that in terms of there's such an added layer to not being able to say goodbye the way you want to definitely Um, I mean we've had a couple of clients who've lost 
pretty close loved ones during this um, stay-at-home order. And our therapists are just sort of working really hard to just be available to families, process sort of what they need in the moment, um, really helping them to sort of just stay grounded. Um, We've tried brainstorming as a team some ideas for families that they could do um, that are a little bit more ritual-based to give people, you know, some of those um, things that they're lacking, like a proper burial ritual, things like that. Wow, that that is fascinating and I think so indicative of, of the high quality of therapists that we have at Catholic Charities to be thinking like that. How can we think creatively? How can we um, offer suggestions to families to deal with some of the things that are happening? What are other suggestions um, that you've given family, mem- family members to communicate better and work through some of their anxieties and frustrations of being sort of stuck in homes altogether, what, what is it that you and your therapists are telling folks? Sure. So, um, you know, we're really just sort of meeting the clients where, where they are and sort of working with them what they want to be working on. So if a mom's frustrated that her kid is not sitting down doing his homework, we're just really helping the mom sort of process, set realistic expectations, um, and help sort of the kids and the mom meet in the middle. Um, So, you know, sometimes it's just about offering a space for parents to sort of vent and process, um, and also the the children as well. Um, And other times it's actually providing some concrete help, like try doing this, or have you thought about explaining yourself in this way? Excellent. And then you you get requests. I mean, there are a lot of things that I imagine come up where other referrals to Catholic charities might make sense. Do you have a, we only have about a minute before the next break, but can you tell us a little bit about a time where those referrals have been helpful? Sure. Um, So, I mean, it's one of the many wonderful things of working for Catholic Charities in such a large organization. We have lots of different referrals um, sort of that we're able to make um, within our own, own organization. So, um, some examples, you know, we're often providing referrals to our own food pantries and to um, our own housing programs. Um, and recently we had a mom who was really worried about her immigration status. We referred her to CCLA, our legal department, who um, sort of scooped her up and was really able to work with her on um, some concrete legal issues. and. Um, she's now sort of working towards her visa, which has just decreased the family stress in general. So um, that was really a great example of um, sort of utilizing various systems within Catholic Charities. That's amazing. And I also think it's a great example of how the the way that you and the other therapists on your team sort of look at an entire picture, an entire system, and help engage around that. I think, I, I you know, not... Obviously, this show is to toot our own horn, but I think (laughs) this is really a space in which we should say how proud we are um, that we have such quality therapists on our team um, to be able to think like that and act like that. So we're going to take another short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little more with Hector Rivera and Jessica Mead, um, two of our incredible therapists at Catholic Charities. We invite you to watch Catholic Chicago this weekend. 
featuring a conversation with Cardinal Blaise Supich and video highlights from across the Archdiocese. Here's host Todd Williamson. We'll talk with Cardinal Blaise Supich about how the COVID-19 epidemic is affecting just about every aspect of life in America, including how we worship. We'll talk about attending Mass online and how the church continues to reach out to help those in need. We'll also bring you stories about using modern technology to teach fire safety to our children and when losing your hair can be a good thing for others. Watch Catholic Chicago Friday at 7 p.m. on Chicago Loop Cable, Channel 25, and Sunday afternoon at 3 on the Comcast Network, Channel 100. Food pantries, home-delivered meals to seniors, evening-to-go meals for the homeless, financial assistance, counseling, and other services. These are all programs Catholic Charities has been providing for years to people in Cook and Lake Counties. And during the COVID-19 pandemic, we have worked to keep all of these programs going, never turning anyone away. The needs are urgent and they will grow, but we want you to know that we will be here, as we always have been, with food, housing, financial assistance, and ongoing support. Thank you to the many, many donors and partners helping us serve those most in need. We couldn't do it without you. Would you consider joining us too at this historic time? Go to catholiccharities.net to donate and to learn more about our volunteer opportunities. Thank you on behalf of all those we have the privilege to serve. Before, during, and after COVID-19, Catholic Charities is here. Welcome back to The Voice of Charity. It's Bridget Murphy and Marie Jochum. And we are talking with Hector Rivera and Jessica Mead, two therapists with our uh, mental health team. And um, we do a little mental health at the break, don't we, Marie? A little, <laughs> oh, yeah. little therapy during oh, yeah. the break. It's great. It's great. We're um, not trained in it, but we no, just do it. <laughs> it's true. Uh, I'm sure Hector and Jessica would be appalled. <laughs> Um, as a team, um, can you tell us a little bit about what you and your colleagues, like, obviously you've had to shift in terms of how you're delivering services. What have you learned about yourselves and your team and what do you hope to, to bring forward even when you can see clients in, in person? You know, that, that shift, which you mentioned that, that will continue. Um, we've started to have uh, discussions about our future operations, and we envision that telehealth through the different platforms, through computers, through phones, will definitely continue to be a part of how we deliver services. We feel that this will help to continue meeting the needs of clients and help them to access services while still feeling safe. I think that's I think that's incredible because I think when we when we look at sort of the ways all of us are going to be doing things differently um, and and as you know as an extrovert who just wants to be around a bunch of people like this is killing me but I do think that there's some benefit to being able to think differently and creatively and say okay wait a second we can do some telehealth um, we can we can think sort of in new ways to help people even when we're able to go back to those old ways I think that's that's amazing I have um, a specific question, and I, I, we didn't prep you with this, so my apologies. But I do think it's something that a lot of people will be dealing with. Certainly the statistics show it. 
so I think a lot of our listeners may know people, um, is, you know, what happens with your mental health if you're unemployed? Um, you know, we see those unemployment numbers going up every day. Um, you know, there's been comparisons to the Great Depression. There's obviously a lot of economic anxiety, but there's a lot of identity that's um, tied to our work. And so I'm just curious if you have any thoughts on on what it's important for people who may find themselves unemployed to think through or how we can be helpful to those in our lives who might be experiencing that. Uh, it's um, interesting that you said identity because I think that's key right there is helping people to understand that we don't live to work, we work to live. So to make that shift cognitively that who you are, you use work as a way to sustain who you are. And so we tap into the who you really are to help them redefine or to look at their identity differently. That is beautiful. And I think that leads so well into our next question. You know, um, we've the last few weeks, we've had a bunch of staff on this on this show who've, who've had to shift ways that they work and maybe even shift roles in some cases. So how is that working for all of you? So you are both supervisors. Um, I'm guessing that since the increased caseload is happening, uh, many folks who, who normally supervise therapists now are back kind of doing that one-to-one work. How do you juggle both of those things? So, yes, um, I think that all of us are sort of um, taking on a little bit more work and definitely, you know, thinking outside the box in terms of our daily roles. Um, But for me personally, um, it's why I became a social worker and it's, you know, why I came to Catholic Charities. I love working directly with people and um, it's it's just really fulfilling to be one-on-one with clients even more so. It sort of keeps me grounded Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it actually makes me a better supervisor um, to my therapist. Um, It you know, keeps me relevant and thinking about directly what my therapists are doing with their clients. What do you hear from supervisors from your staff? Like, what issues are are they experiencing that they bring to you? Um, from our from our therapists themselves, you mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that a lot of therapists, um, I guess, personally, are just dealing with how to um, manage all of the new roles that they're playing within their clients' lives. Um, so aside from just sort of the, the normal clinical stuff that, you know, our, a lot of our vulnerable families are experiencing, you know, therapists are having to sort of manage their own days, and their own schedules, and manage their own anxieties related to COVID. So it definitely brings forth different types of conversations that I'm having with staff and my supervisions with them. Um, you know, we're talking a lot more, like Hector had mentioned earlier on, about self-care and making sure that we're sort of setting our own boundaries so that we can be as effective as possible with the clients who really need us. Thank you so much, Hector and Jessica. I think we could have you on this show for like another three hours. So we'll hope to have you back. <laughs> it's an ongoing problem we <laughs> it's have an ongoing on the show. <laughs> and we could also have you in the room when we're on the breaks and trying to give each other therapy. But uh, we have great admiration and respect for what you and your teams do every day with behavioral health interventions that help people manage these challenging times in super positive ways. 
And lastly, really quickly, we want to remind listeners that if you or anyone you know needs assistance during these challenging days, email Catholic Charities at gethelp at catholiccharities.net. That's gethelp at catholiccharities.net. You can also call 312-655-7700 for assistance. Also remember that there's a confidential counseling line. It's available at 312-948-6951. Join us again next Tuesday morning at 830 on WNDZ for The Voice of Charity. For now, this is Marie Jokum and Bridget Murphy wishing you a healthy, happy, and safe week from everyone at Catholic Charities. Bye-bye. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.